You're listening to Coffee Jams. This is your source for tips, tools, and techniques to help you teach. All right, all right, all right. Good morning, good morning, good morning. I have Anthony here with me this morning. Anthony, how you feeling? Good morning, man. I'm doing well. I Good. need to get a cup of coffee. <laughs> yeah, you do got to get a cup of coffee. I think I've already <laughs> refilled this cup at least at least once already, and I know I have um, some extra downstairs just so that I could top it off in a, in a in a few minutes. And this morning was crazy with the air chats. What'd you think about this morning? Oh my goodness, it was uh, one of the best chats that I've been a part of. Um, I'm fairly new to the air chats on Twitter, mm-hmm. but. Um, this really has motivated me, especially for the school year. So I, I really look forward to more edge chats down the road. Yeah, yeah. So being new, new to edge chats, I've been doing them for um, a while um, now. How would you describe edge chats to someone who uh, who hasn't done one before? Um, I would describe edge chats as a forum where you can, you know, discuss your teaching strategies and also learn from the environment that you take part of. So. For example, um, there are many different uh, ed chats that I've been a part of. One is the Edu Coach. Um, the one that we did this morning was Edu Gladiators. Mm-hmm. Um, but they 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 range from different uh, topics, and mm-hmm. education is uh, I guess the topic that you know you can learn from very different you know different content areas. Mm-hmm. So I mean, just the approach itself and uh, just being able to have that teacher discourse with other like-minded peers, uh, that's really been a benefit for me. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, one thing that I love about the Ed Chat is not only are you getting a chance to engage with like-minded peers, but you're also getting to engage with people that are outside of your, like outside of your network, right? Like outside yeah, of people that are in your own personal echo chamber. Like I've been saying that a lot over the last uh, couple of weeks um, is that like every school district is doing something different right now. Right. And like every school district is asking something different of their teachers and are engaging with their uh, students and families in a different way. And we have the opportunity to learn from each other. I mean, in this time of COVID in this time of, of, you know, distance learning, we really have the opportunity to, um, really cheat <laughs> and copy <laughs> off each other's papers because, yeah. you know, there is no one right answer for how we are going to be able to engage with families and engage with our peers. Absolutely. Um, so we have to, you know, cheat from each other a little bit. Yeah. And I also think it's a safe space too. Um, I haven't been a part of one ed chat yet that has, um, I guess, been bombarded about complaints. But, I mean, like you said, we're all trying to figure this thing out together. And, um, you know, we're just we're just learning from each other. And that's the awesome part of, yeah. you know, being a part of all the A-Chats. You know, they happen every day of the week except Friday, which is good for teachers. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> so, yeah. I think, so this morning, uh, one of the A-Chats I was on, uh, P- the PD for you and me, which is a pretty cool, chill uh, sort of... Um, Ed chat. I guess let's go backwards for a second. Most ed chats follow a question and answer sort of um, format where uh, someone's yep. one profile will post questions that everyone will answer to, and we'll just go back and forth with responses for 
um, you know, about a half hour to an hour. The half hour ones are my favorite um, just because it's quick. Get in, get out. Um, <laughs> it's quick. Yeah. And then, yeah. you know, you, you just talk back and forth about particular questions and it's a great dialogue. So this morning I was on the PD for you and me. And one of the questions, the, really the topic, they had one question this morning for the whole 30 minutes was around self-care. And I'm like, wow, that's such a okay. timely topic for us to talk about, especially as teachers are Absolutely. preparing to go I back. Agree. Yeah, some have already gone back. So what are uh -huh. some things uh, you do that you would consider self-care that you would share with others? Oh, awesome. Um, well, self-care, one thing that I try to do is I make an effort to unplug uh so i mean i we get in the monotony of our everyday lives and watching the news um catching up on netflix you know pre-planning our breakfast lunch and dinner but uh sometimes we need to you know recharge our batteries because when the fall begins we, we have to understand that we have to be there 100 percent of the time for our students right yeah so um what i did uh in march was i created a book list of about 55 or so books um, knowing that I'm not going to, you know, get through all of those books, but mm -hmm. I, I found out which books were in my wheelhouse, so to say. Yeah. So uh, I have a lot of education books, uh, superintendent books, uh, real estate books as well, mm -hmm. just to try to get my mind off of the pandemic, but yeah. try to strengthen my skills that I so I can be a better teacher for my students down the road. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, another thing that I've tried to do is, you know, like you said, you, you're active. I, I try to get way more active, um, you know, walking around my neighborhood, um, you know, just trying to do those things where I can unplug and, you know, having those uh, conversations with my family as well. Yeah. So. That's pretty cool. I think for me, yeah. uh, it's sort of hard being a parent right now and having a five year old because we aren't doing that we aren't doing the outdoor things as, as often of course because you know i agree COVID. um but but my activity yeah. of choice is to play tennis and you know tennis is still relatively safe um as long as there aren't 50 people yeah. on the court which there really are never um 50 people on the court um so my thing is going to go play tennis for an hour or two I, it's really stressful right now because normally mm -hmm. my son would be in uh summer camp or you know they daycare somewhere all yeah, summer long. Uh, so absolutely during the week I could go play tennis for two two hours at a time while my wife was at work and while he's at daycare and they're not really impact anything. But now that he is home and she's home, yep. I feel sort of guilty mm -hmm. about going to go play tennis because it's like um I don't want to really leave oh, her man. in the house. I mean, of course, you know, there has to be balance. And everyone has to do things that, you See, it know. has to be balanced. Exactly. Yeah, I just think that it's difficult because, so, yeah, it's, yeah, it's not fair. <laughs> I want to follow up on that because but, it's funny that you say that. So I have a daughter. She's uh, one and a half years old. Mm -hmm. And, like, now she's really starting to, you know, get active and really, really play with her toys. So, um, you know, like you said, you play tennis. I really wanted to get involved in tennis. It's a golf course in my neighborhood. So I played with the idea of purchasing golf clubs and mm -hmm. purchasing a, a road bike so I can go cycling every once in a while. But, mm -hmm. man, that stuff is expensive, right, for it parents? Is. It is. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. I, did, I guess I never thought about how expensive sporting equipment things were for kids because we didn't have to pay for it <laughs> um but now as a parent you're like um, so now that we're parents. you want me to pay for 
um, gymnastics, and you want me to pay for a yeah, soccer camp, yeah. and I'm paying for daycare, and I'm paying for <laughs> whatever field trips, road but trips look, we're going on as a family. It's a lot. We're, we're prepared. We're prepared because uh, you know teaching is a selfless job anyway. Exactly. We're never supposed to exactly. <laughs> take care of ourselves. Exactly. Right? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So after we talked about that uh, self care, then we jumped into yep. uh, how leadership is going to change. Now that we are doing, um, we're in this this COVID um, sort of environment. What were your thoughts okay. on the, the Edu Gladiators uh, um, chat this morning? Um, I really, I really enjoyed that chat. Um, stepping out of a leadership role last year um, into, you know, the classroom once again, I really understood how well the classroom, I guess, prepares our leaders to be you know, active leaders, so mm -hmm. to say. So, for example, um, I came from a school district in, well, I came from a, a public charter school in Washington, D.C. Mm -hmm. And the way we approach education was more of a wraparound education. So we provided a lot of our students with resources. Um, our admin staff really wanted the teachers to do the bulk of the uh, teaching and, mm -hmm. you know, stand up in the classroom. And, you know, for 45 minutes, we're supposed to be teaching for the entire 45 minutes, bell to mm -hmm. bell, right? Mm -hmm. So as a leader, I will have to observe teachers. I will have to, um, you know, co-plan and, uh, you know, give, give them teaching you know the community service event so it was a, a job where i really enjoyed doing because mm -hmm. i had one foot in the classroom one foot out of the classroom right mm -hmm. so moving into my role this year um you know i had to step out of the leadership mindset and say okay what can i do to benefit my students the most right mm -hmm. and you know with this new school district in montgomery county maryland uh, our 10th grade English team, we co-planned together. So every lesson that we did last school year, mm -hmm. um, every 10th grade teacher had input on that. Oh, wow. Uh, and a lot of our lessons were built upon student discoveries and uh, independent learning. Wow. So at the end of the day, I would only be sitting in front of the classroom for about 15 minutes mm -hmm. teaching the concept and the other, you know, 45 minutes or so, it was student works where I will only answer questions. So that's why I, I posed the you know comment that less is less is more, mm -hmm. because as a leader you kind of want to cultivate your teachers to step into the leadership role. Mm -hmm. I mean that's just the next you know step in the trajectory of education. Mm -hmm. So one thing that um, I really enjoyed was the idea of understanding the goals of your of your teachers. If you're mm -hmm. a leader, understand mm -hmm. those and you know of your teachers to be you know actively seek out roles where they can flourish, you know, and develop those leadership skills down the yeah. road. Yeah. What was the impact in the classroom when you shifted from that 45 minutes of, you know, direct I do, you just listen mm -hmm. to 15 yep. minutes of I do and the rest of the class is your opportunity to engage me as educator? Oh, man, it was amazing because at the end of the day, I felt like I was sort of uh, handcuffing my students. So in the 45 minutes, they will only learn what I would tell them to learn, right? Mm -hmm. Versus when I would teach them 15 minutes, they would then learn, you know, 45 minutes on their own. So, you know, this came from, you know, for the first semester, we did this thing called student choice reading, right? Mm -hmm. So um, what that entailed was the fact that we had one general topic, which that topic or theme was uh, coming of age, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. 
So we allow students to choose one of 20 different, right? Where the main character eventually had an a epiphany and came in, into themselves, right? Mm-hmm. But every Friday, what we would do was have a um, Socratic seminar and we would have we would then have breakout sessions where each Socratic seminar will have up to three or four different books being discussed because again, they were doing their own student learning Mm -hmm. and actively taking their character from that story Mm -hmm. and uh, connecting that to the concepts that I was teaching for 15 minutes a day. You get it? Yeah. So the idea was, okay, well now I'm taking the ownership off of the teacher to teach, but I'm making sure that students are actively learning because I think that's the most important part of school is what do the students students learn rather than what grade do they get? Exactly. Right. Mm -hmm. So that was the idea of doing lessons more. And um, I had to step out of leadership role because I didn't understand that. Like coming from a leadership role, I needed to have control for the Mm -hmm. entire class because again, I I was coming from a, a school where, you know, uh, classroom management was the issue for a lot of my teachers Mm -hmm. right this school that i'm in now is not so much but uh if you're a good teacher then you know again classroom management won't be an issue right right right. so again you know student it's all about student discovering what they learn yeah that's that's pretty cool i student choice is really important to me um, I saw it when I was teaching sixth grade uh, English and we were using the springboard curriculum, um, yep. really being able to allow students to like, I love the idea of even picking the book that they want to read is great. Right. Yep, I think for absolutely. teachers who don't have the opportunity to get that far into student choice, just being able to have students have different levels of um, presentation of their mastery of content. So, you know, yep. you might have the kid that wants to do a PowerPoint. You might have the kid that wants to do an audio podcast to talk about the book like you Absolutely. Know, like we're doing right now. You might have the kid that wants to do, do the more traditional book report. And that's all fine. But having student choice is mm-hmm. it's really um, impactful. I think for me, one of the biggest takeaways, one of the things that I enjoyed about uh, the Ed Chat that we just got off of uh, a few minutes ago was how we are beginning to have the discussion around um what is your role and you're like, where is your personal voice? Where is your voice as an advocate for students, especially while Absolutely. we're in COVID, right? Absolutely. And one of the things that I think all of my tweets would reflect over the last, you know, three weeks is my desire to truly understand how we've gotten to the point where most school districts think that uh, face-to-face or mandatory um, synchronous learning is the best yep. way to approach teaching, right? Because just like you yeah. just like everything that you just said is the is the is the connection to this forced face to face instruction or this forced Absolutely. synchronous learning. Like you literally just said, when I forced my kids for forty five minutes just to listen to me, it gave them no time to have choice or to Absolutely. guide their own learning, right? This is the exact same thing when we mandate that students are in synchronous learning. I'm not saying that synchronous learning doesn't have a place in education. I'm not saying that. But the idea that we have to force every kid to be in, in a in a space for a certain amount of time every single day, that to me automatically becomes an equity issue. And what Absolutely. I think is so interesting is that we spent uh, we spent all of May. Uh, all of June, all of July, talking about <laughs> equity issues, right? 
And then as Absolutely. soon as we get into Absolutely. August, it's like, oh, no, you know, you have to wear your, your uniform. You can't eat on the camera. You can't drink. Um, you can only mm-hmm. get a five minute bathroom break. Like what happened to all those? You gotta equity wear the uniform. Yeah, yeah, you got to wear a uniform. <laughs> like what happened to all those equity things that we talked about a few like literally like a week ago, a week ago. And now it's all yeah. just gone and just out the window as teachers are teachers in school districts. And um, school boards are struggling with the idea of how to let go of control inside of our inside of classrooms, and I think that is um, is going to come back to I won't say bite us, but it's one of the challenges yeah. that we have in our current. It's going to pose us another issue down the road. It is, it is. I mean, I'm wondering um, what's going to happen when parents start to uh really see the, the the schedules that are being rolled out and i, I do understand that there <laughs> is um there's two sides of every coin right like there are yep. parents out there who are um expecting that their kid is going to sit at a computer for eight hours a day for virtual learning which yeah. i don't understand because even i was i was saying earlier <clears throat> out of the 7.38 hours that were there or whatever that decimal point number is it's yep. not all active learning the entire Absolutely. time, right? Absolutely. Like, there's bathroom breaks. You got breaks. factoring scheduling. Yeah. yeah. There's bathroom you know. breaks. There's transitions from class to class. There's going to the lunchroom. There there are other Gym things. Active that, learning. Yeah, active learning. I mean, there's yep. center time. There's so many things that happen in the classroom, especially elementary classroom, where, I mean, like you said earlier, I think in most of our classrooms, and this is no knock to teachers, right, it's best practices for for education teachers aren't spending 30 minutes at the board 45 minutes at the board as the only person yep. who's speaking right so to, to think that that's going to happen now is i think is is a little far-fetched and no it's yeah. not like college and i'm gonna stop in a second it's not like college where you can go <laughs> to a lecture and your econ professor literally just talks for 45 minutes straight right that's that's Absolutely. that's not what we're doing in elementary school. Yeah, no, yeah, that's not what we're doing. And you know, uh, I I've, I forgot to mention this earlier, but uh, I'm coming from a high school mentality where mm-hmm. I've taught ninth through twelfth grade, and I've taught you know remediation and uh, reading intervention classes, and mm-hmm. I've went up to the highest level of you know AP literature and AP language. Got it. So um, you know, when I speak about education, I'm coming from that a uh, secondary education perspective and. Honestly, um, my school district is um, mandating that we sit on, um, we have a schedule where we have five hours of screen time with our students. So we actually going to break up into periods and each of those periods we have to be on, on camera for five hours, which I mean, I understand, you know, the reasoning behind it, but you know, I kind of question whether or not it is realistic and whether or not we are maximizing our time, you mm-hmm. know, on camera yeah. with our students, you yeah. know? Yeah. I think for me, and and I was, I think I mentioned this earlier today, so many of our partners in curriculum and instruction um, have developed these wonderful platforms and these tools that really make it easy for us to teach, right? Like, Absolutely. We have platforms that will not only provide the I do, but then it monitors the the we do and the you do portion of our yep. of, of our instruction. So it's not a knock, right? Like, but if a, if as a teacher, I can differentiate your learning by providing you with the tools that you need to 
watch the video. You can take notes. You can rewatch the video if you didn't get it the first time. Then you can go yep. and take the assessment. The assessment. The assessment's already going to be graded for you. Um, if you have mm -hmm. questions, I'm available. Like it's not. Yeah. It's not to take I away the teacher. Away but yeah it supports it supports the learning for all of our for all of our students and that's what equity is supposed to be yeah and you know sometimes some i mean me personally i i wake up i, I tend to wake up later in the day because mm -hmm. i'm up at night doing work right. because that's the best time that you know i feel like i focus right you know and our students are the same so exactly. i mean why is it a mandate that students have to wake up at 8 a.m. when, exactly. you know, sometimes their mind isn't ready to start processing information, exactly. especially if you have math mm -hmm. first, first period of the, of the day. <laughs> <laughs> so <wants> exactly, <laughs> Yeah. So if that? I know that I focus at night, then, hey, I'm going to focus and do my math homework at 8, 8 p.m. Exactly. where I know that my brothers and sisters are asleep. Exactly. I don't have to worry about my parents, you know. Exactly. So Yeah. I think California really led the work. Um, they were just starting to uh, shift their school start times. Are you familiar yeah. with that? Did you hear about that at all? No, I haven't. Okay, so what they were doing is they were saying that there's a body of research out there that talks about how middle schoolers, um, their production of, uh, their internal production of melatonin, which a lot of us okay. adults are taking <laughs> to go to yeah, sleep at night. to go to sleep. <laughs> but the, <laughs> uh, the middle schoolers and the high schoolers, their bodies don't produce melatonin or start producing melatonin until like 10 o'clock at night. So oh, that's why they're wow. that's why they're up all that's night is because yeah. they really they physically are not ready to go to sleep. Ready to go to sleep. So yeah. you know our parents would be like, go in your room and just be quiet, and we literally would just go in our room and be quiet, but we wouldn't fall asleep yeah. until 10, 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night because our bodies weren't ready. Yep. So California saw that research, and what they decided to do was uh, say that no school can start before like nine or nine thirty. It was something oh, later wow. in the day because they wanted to acknowledge the fact that you know our bodies aren't weren't. Uh, made to start yeah. math at 7 30 in, in the morning yeah absolutely. <laughs> like some like some schools are doing um mm. i also i uh, heard from uh, one of my teachers um over the this you know at the end of last school year as we were triaging covid in the education space <laughs> um that one of her students was never online for synchronous learning because her mom okay. was at work and her mom had the phone for them to do the to get her work done but so she physically couldn't do it <laughs> she physically could not do it at that time but yeah she got her work done every night like she was up at eight o'clock nine o'clock submitting all her assignments everything was always yep. in before midnight yeah it's not great for a third grader to be up at midnight doing work but if that's the structure that their family has in place um, then, and that, that just that works for them then you know one of the things that we have to stop doing as the education system is policing people's homes absolutely right um absolutely because that's that's their safe space and we have to let them you know work yeah absolutely i agree 1000 percent. that's awesome yeah from california's perspective yeah i think that more school districts need to embrace it i know um i went to school in prince george's county i went to oxen hill and yep, so one of, I went to Suitland. Okay. <laughs> so one of the things I loved about um, Oxon Hill is <laughs> my school for us didn't start until 930. So, oh, wow. Um, I was in high school. Wow, really? and I, yeah, we didn't start at 930. Um, I was in high school and I always be like, I got nine to five because I go to work. I go to school from 930 to 410. <laughs> like, boy, you want to go sit down somewhere? Um, yeah, but, we, uh, we started, our school was 745 nah, to 230. Mm -mm, that's too early. That's too early. <laughs> I mean, for I was in the band, so I did have to go um, into 
there were some days I went to school early because, of course, we had okay. band practice in the morning. We wouldn't have it at night because it was too late at night to have band Absolutely. practice, right? Yeah, it makes sense. Makes um, sense. But having the day start at 930, I didn't think about how impactful it was until I got to college. And just I just I love how everything And connects. you didn't schedule your classes. Right. Because <laughs> freshman year when I was at Towson, I literally had math at eight o'clock in the morning. And I was like, what is this? Like, no, I yeah. have not had math at eight o'clock in the morning in four years. And y'all just going to play me like that. So I never did that ever after I was able to make my own schedule. Yeah, no, no thanks. No thanks. Yeah. All right. So as we wrap up, because it's almost uh it's almost time to time to close out. We don't want to keep anybody too long. Uh we want do want to thank everybody who came in and listened. Yeah, uh, please. Thank you so to much. This, this first uh run of a uh, radio broadcast live on first on, <laughs> first on of many. Yeah, the first <laughs> yeah. of many. Absolutely first the first of uh first of many. Um, and we'll definitely be posting messages um, as we prepare to have these reflections on, on air chats. All right. So, Anthony, what's one thing that you're looking forward to over the next week? So one thing that I'm looking forward to for the upcoming week mm -hmm. is the fact that um, I'm actually preparing myself to go back to work. So, yeah. you know, in uh, in Montgomery County, we ha usually have one week of pre-service before we go back to you know seeing the students so this will be my week before my pre-service week Got so it. it's, it's some loose ends that i need to tie up and you know honestly i'm looking forward to getting back into the mode of, of education you know yeah so yeah I'm, I'm actually looking forward to that that's good so um this is also our week before it's like a week and a half um, yeah starting on monday will be our week and a half before uh, teachers are due back we go back the 26th for eight days of training Okay. And then Labor Day is late this year. I don't know if you knew that or not. Labor Day is it's not, not until, the fifth. No, Labor Day is not wow. until September seventh this year. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So wow, didn't know that. Yeah. So um, my son's school goes back August thirty first, but then we don't go back. Baltimore City isn't going back until September eighth, um, which sounds really oh, late wow. when you say it like that. Yeah. Um, so we're gonna get eight days of pre training. So I'm excited about closing up the loose ends. I think we have some leadership meetings at the beginning of next week. Um, but one thing I'm looking forward to um, this upcoming week is is definitely tying up the loose ends. I think you said yeah, that. Tying up absolutely. the loose ends. Getting a yeah. chance to get my eyes on some of the schedules that we are producing and letting families get some time to grapple with that. One of the things yep. I was thinking about a little bit earlier, I know we're trying to wrap up. One of the things I think about earlier is... <laughs> We have to we have to get uh, the parents these copies of these schedules and not the sample Absolutely. schedules, but like what is yeah. your school actually requiring of parents? Because the, uh -huh. the sooner we can do that, the sooner we can work with our parents as partners, because everyone loves yep. to say that we work with our parents as partners to help um, them figure out strategies or ways to to get the education done right yeah so like uh, like my third grade friend i was telling you earlier who will be a fourth grader mom needs to understand that you know we we how can we help you to make sure that she's online for this 9 a.m math class that we have right absolutely but if mom doesn't know until the week before school starts or like the like the two days before school starts then she's how already mom, starting behind she's already gonna be starting behind so like mm -hmm. now is the time so i'm i'm encouraging everyone out there if you have a sample schedule that that you've gotten approved by your district or by your you know by your school leader definitely push that out to parents as quickly as possible because you don't want them waiting until 
the day school starts yep, absolutely. <laughs> to be logging into your Google classroom or Blackboard classroom or wherever, whatever content platform you're using. So, yeah. All right. I agree. This has been awesome and wonderful. I hope you guys have enjoyed it. Um, definitely leave us any comments down below or online. Tag us any new feedback that you have. Hopefully it sounded great. Um, we don't know. We'll <laughs> have to play it back and, and see how yeah. it goes. Absolutely. All right, guys, we will see you all in the next one. Talk to you later. Take care. Peace.